Hi, everybody. This is Alan Fine, and this virtual roadshow is what is the new luxury cruise experience and how can you sell it? So welcome. And also, let's welcome our panelists. First, we have Trisha Wolf. If you could wave, she's the vice president of sales for Oce Oceana Cruises. We have Brenna Abels, director of trade management, Region 7 Seas. And we have Elizabeth Fettis, the vice president of sales, Scenic and Emerald Cruises. So we've got, uh, actually, hopefully everybody knows your cruise lines, but in case they don't, can we each take a moment to describe them? Uh, who wants to start or I'll assign duty. Okay, I'm assigning duty. Brenna. Awesome. Okay, well, with Region 7 Seas Cruises, um, you know, we're all-inclusive, uh, ultra-luxury, uh, cruise, you know, market out there. Uh, we have uh, six uh, luxury pointed vessels, very mid-sized, no more than 750 guests. Uh, and we include everything in the pr price point from, from the air. And most more likely than not, it will be business class air across the ocean. And then we include everything from maybe even a pre-post land program, a pre-night hotel, if you're in a concierge level and above. And then once you're on the ship, everything's included, right? So all of those specialty dining and your uh, premium spirits and fine wines and, and gratuities and Wi-Fi and, and everything you can think of. And the main purpose for um, having that all-inclusive value is just so that you pay for it once and then you don't have to think about anything during your vacation. Your entire purpose for that whole trip is just to immerse yourself in the destination. Thank you for that. And uh, Elizabeth, can you describe uh, your, your, your two Emerald and Scenic. Yeah, so Scenic Group is the global operator for a luxury Europe River Cruises, Asia River Cruises, and then we also have Ocean Yachts. Um, we're really known for our exemplary service, our outstanding culinary, and then we've got really intimate vessels. So you're not going to have um, any higher guest occupancy of over 228 guests on that piece of it. Um, we're really traversing the world on on that side of it, from the Caribbean to an Antar Antarctica and the Caribbean uh, and the Kimberleys from the off the beaten path side of it, um, and also going to destinations like Japan and South Pacific. Uh, we've got 13 total river ships for scenic cruises and two luxury ocean yachts that are discovering expedition ships. So perfect to going to Antarctica and the overall Arctic piece of it. And then we've got Emerald Cruises, which has nine river ships and two luxury ocean yachts. Very good. And Trisha, Oceana. Yes, thank you. Uh, so Oceana Cruises is a sister company with uh, Regent Seven Seas. And so when you hear all about the ultra luxury, Oceana Cruises is an upper premium cruise line. And so we focus on, you know, taking that guest that has sailed on other cruise lines and is looking for a little more luxury um, program. With Oceana, we've got our tagline of your world, your way. So we have lots of different choices on board. You get to decide how you want to travel. Not that the other two don't, but that's what that's what we try to focus on. And then when we look at the size of our ships, we have uh, seven cruise ships. We have some that are about 650 guests and some that are 1,200 guests. So it makes it nice because there's, as, as far as the brand Oceana, where we also focus on our cuisine and our curated travel experiences and the size of our ships, uh, you know, you, you also get to choose uh, what, what size ship you want to, you want to travel on as well. 
And let me just say, you, uh, having sailed with you, you, you guys are no slouches either. Approaching luxury <laughs> in your in Listen, your uh, style. I am so proud to be part of this group. I have to tell you, this is a this is a, a great group to be a part of. Th these wonderful ladies. So, uh, I thank know, and I'm so pleased to be with you all. So that's great. <laughs> all right. So let's let's now talk about what's new for uh, uh, the S the rest of this year and for next year for your cruise line. Uh, why don't we start with you, Tricia? Great. So with Oceana, we have, we just launched our Vista, which was our newest ship. And she was, she's a beauty. Uh, looking forward for everyone to, to seeing her or experiencing her in the next few years. We have some showcase events coming up in New York, Miami, and LA. And then in addition to that, we have Allura, which we are launching in September. So that's the sister ship to Vista. And so we will be open for bookings uh, for Vista's 25 season uh, here in a few months. So we're pretty excited about that. Not to mention we have our uh, Europe and the Americas launch coming up in October. Good. And Elizabeth, what's new for you guys? Yeah, so we welcomed uh, two new ships to our luxury ocean yacht fleet uh, that are currently sailing, making their way to the USA market. Uh, so we've got Scenic Eclipse 2, the sister of Scenic Eclipse. Uh, she's already sailing with her USA debut this October. Um, and there's a chance for travel advisors uh, to take themselves or their clients on board with taster cruises that we've got in October. And then we also have Emerald Zakara, which will be joining Emerald Azura, and she's coming to Puerto Rico in December. Um, we're also just looking at constantly expanding our destinations that we travel to um, and really making sure that, you know, whether it's the historic Danube that we go to on the river side of it, um, to something that's a little bit more of off the beaten path discovery. So rediscovering the Caribbean in new ways, because we don't really go to ports of call. Uh, we can really go to more intimate destinations. So we're constantly looking at what new destinations that we can bring um, for the travel advisor and for their clientele. That's great. And uh, Brenna, what... Uh... What's new for you guys? Well, uh, similar to on the on the new ship bandwagon, of course, as my <laughs> colleagues, uh, we're really super excited to finish our Explorer class uh, ship section of our luxury pointed ships uh, with our Seven Seas Grandeur that will be debuting in November. So just right around the corner, uh, we will be christening her in December. And we just recently announced um, our godmother we have a partnership with Fabergé, the house of Fabergé, like right. well known for their Fabergé eggs. And the great, great granddaughter is going to be our godmother. So we're very excited to welcome her to the family. And we'll be celebrating with her as well as our entertainer, uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, which is um, yep. our Tony award winning uh, mm -hmm. singer. So we're excited to bring her in as well. Uh, so very exciting things to come in the next couple months. Uh, but we, too, just kind of launched our new itineraries through uh, May of 2026, uh, which is exciting. Lots of overnights, lots of um, new ports of call there. Uh, we are kind of regenerating our travel partner center for our lovely travel partners out there. And we're kind of regenerating the um, our university, too. So we'll be having graduate programs, master's programs, and lots of opportunity for them to earn even more bonus commission than what they've earned in the previous courses. So lots of tools coming, coming with that. So lots of fun stuff coming for the future, I think for all three of our brands. 
That's that sounds great. Now, also your breakfast sounds great because you can have eggs, Fabergé eggs for for your omelet. Yes, yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> all right, but so this is the question I really wanted to get to. Uh, you you all serve up a style of luxury, um, and your all your products are different though. So can you we, let's start training our travel advisors to get mm -hmm. the right client to you. Um, what's your luxury niche? How would you tell a travel advisor to sell your product? Uh, you know, so our, our ships are very intimate. They're ranging from 100 guests to no more than 228 guests. So the second that you walk on board, especially on the, the ocean yachts, you, you truly feel like you've chartered your own luxury yacht. Um, it's just a different experience. There's less hustle and bustle from an embarkation uh, to the moment that you step foot in, into your suite with, with your private butler. Um, so I think it's that extension that our, our experienced staff is really treating you like family. Um, you've got unfettered access to the bridge. So the captain also wants you to be a part of every single experience behind it. Um, and they're truly welcoming you above and beyond. Um, so I think the personalized service is, is a part of, you know, the luxury side of it. Um, really making sure that we're going above and beyond from a culinary aspect. You've got Scenic Eclipse, which again has no more than 228 guests with up to 10 venues from a, from a culinary perspective. So you really got a wide range of contemporary fine dining with a champagne bar at Lumiere to our night market, which is constantly going through, um, you know, like a private culinary cuisine from a teppanyaki style that's Asian or Indian. And it's really taking you on this journey. Um, so I, I really think it's the personalized service that goes above and beyond. And you you truly can't find anything um, to pay for on board because we are all inclusive on that side of it. Um, so I think that part of it is just, you know, having that want and need answered before a guest even thinks of what that is, um, is truly what we're great at. And that is what luxury is um, from our niche perspective. All right. So that's Elizabeth. But now, Brenna, what's what's your luxury niche? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just to kind of point out on all three of our brands, you know, I think that we're, I would say we're all luxury. And if you do have anybody that is looking for something different, like they should, you should point out one of our brands to them because the true mm -hmm. value in, in sailing with any one of us is, is going to be amazing. And the experience that they're going to have, because they're probably spending that same amount of money while they're vacationing. Right. So um, I, I think, um, you know, we're all going to talk about our inclusions, you know, and, and what all we include in the choices. And I think for Regent, you know, we're so inclusive, um, you know, and it is kind of tough to kind of make sure that, you know, that we're kind of defined in our inclusions, but we're so inclusive that we, we like to point out the, the amount of choices that we offer. Right. So with, for example, the shore excursions, you know, we have over 2000 different shore excursions to choose from. It's not just one or two, right? So it's like, you know, maybe 15 or 20 in each protocol that you can really decide like what kind of a vacation you want to have and not have to spend extra. You can, but you don't have to. Um, and then, you know, the fine wines and the premium spirits, you know, Belvedere, Grey Goose, like that's, you know, some of your choices that you get to make when you're, when you're on board, you know? So, um, so I, I think, and then we have different sizes of ships, right? So very intimate midsize, and then just a little bit larger, you know, and it's up to you to, you know, and your clients to choose what kind of ships and for Regent where 
no larger than 750, but our most intimate ship is 490. Uh, we're 100% suite and 100% balcony on all except for one ship. So, you know, just kind of highlighting that uh, for your clients too, that, you know, there are no inside cabins um, and no matter, you know, which, again, whichever one of us, um, you're going to have an incredible luxurious uh, vacation and there's so much value in that. So now, Trisha, I, I saved you for last because, you know, the other two are known for luxury, but I know you are luxurious because I've traveled with you. What's your brand of luxury? Well, uh, it's a great question. And, and it's, it's one of those that we are always trying to evolve and make sure that we maintain a level of luxury while keeping the, the upper premium brand as it is. So as you, as you enter the ship, as you walk on board, it is a very luxurious ship, all seven of them and the eighth one coming, uh, they're, they're, they're magnificent. The cuisine on board is luxurious, five-star cuisine, the service on board. I think where we end up not, um, or I think what makes us different is that we don't have all of the inclusions, but we do offer some. So we just introduced our Simply More uh, program and Simply More is our, our newest promotion that's out there. And it allows for a guest to have a particular shore credit on any of the voyages, along with uh, complimentary beer, wine, um, champagne at lunch and dinner. And so just taking that little component right there, it many guests may not drink all throughout the day or you know don't not necessarily care about it or they're on shore excursions or whatever. And so they want a glass of wine at dinner. And this gives them the option without having to pay for it if they want to, yeah, you know, upgrade, they certainly can. But that's where I think the difference is and the niche for luxury, because there are some luxury clients that that want all inclusive and we could provide that or they could sail on another cruise line or or with Oceana. If they're not looking for that, then they can they can make their own decisions. And I think that's what makes us different. And that's the whole key of this uh, virtual roadshow is that the, the travel advisors want to learn more about you guys and figure out who's the right client. And so my next question, continuing to assist those advisors, who's the target market for your style of luxury cruise? Who should travel advisors target? And let's start with you, Trisha. Sure. So I, I would say that amongst all three of us, we all have very similar clients. Mm -hmm. right? um, sometimes we pull from we we pull from this pool of clients and sometimes from this pool but for Oceana uh, specifically we're looking for that guest that is not necessarily a first time cruiser someone who's already cruised who's been on maybe another cruise line and and as a travel advisor you have to listen to the cues and i think my other team my other colleagues here would echo that as well well, we've been on X and or whatever, and, and we want to do something different, or I'm sick of waiting in line, or the food was great, but I just want something different. And so with that, we have plenty of different dining options. Um, the guest is anywhere from 55 to 75, if you're looking for an age range. Uh, we, I, we're, you know, we always like to go to the, the younger clientele, but our average age is about 65. And it's a guest that has time and 
um, the, the, the funds to travel and wants to experience the world in a way that they're not compromising what they, they also have at home. So that would be how I would start that conversation as I would look for a guest that's looking for something different that's already traveled with Oceania or with another cruise line. All right. And, and, and Brenna, who's your target target guest? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Trisha. Um, you know, it's it's tough to put an age range on it because, you know, I'm sure Trisha sees this too. And, and also Elizabeth, that in the summer months, you know, we do have multi-gen families on board where the age ranges are, are all over the place. And although we don't have the slides and the and the, you know, the rock climbing walls, like we do have programs on board in the summer, you know, for age groups. So we, we will see that age, you know, slip down a little bit and, and, and see a little bit younger, but we're probably seeing about the same for the average age, but really like, you know, it's about the cues. Absolutely. It's the personality types we're seeing, you know, we did a really big segmentation uh, study during the pandemic when we had all that time on our hands. And we were noticing, you know, like, well, there's several different personality types, but the, but the two that really kind of spiked were like these active explorers, right. That want to, you know, they're typically in a lot of hobbies, they're doing wellness. Um, They, you know, they're not hoity toity. They, you know, they're very casual. Uh, They like to blend in, but they like, they more go for adventure, right. So they're going for, different destinations where they can be active in their shore excursions. And then we have a different type that's the more traditional and, you know, they don't spend a whole lot on their vacations, but they like the value, right? So they like to hang, they like to relax, right? They're not as exploring, but we also found that even with both of these personality types, both of them, uh, most of them find fine dining, and wine collecting to be a hobby. And so, um, you know, I think that culinary and Epicurean for all three of us are very, very important. And so I think we're, we're highlighting that, right? So, um, so yeah, I think that when you're hearing those cues of, of, of culinary and exploring and, and, you know, you're noticing that they're in these clubs, you know, at home, like those are the cues that you want to hone in on for possibly upgrading them to, a luxury product where they're probably not spending that much more than what they would be spending at the end of the day. All right. And, and now, but Elizabeth, I saved you for last because not only do I want to know your niche and target client, but you've got the two, you've got scenic Emerald and, and how does a travel advisor uh, juggle that or figure that out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, to build off of what Brenna and Trisha said, I, I think that you, you have to just have the, travel advisor understand that they've already got this clientele in their book of business already. It's not something that they're having to look outside of their book of business and really having to mine for. Um, But it is something that is, you know, within their book of business, it's the discerning traveler. It's the one that truly is looking to discover more um, enriched experiences that go beyond your standard cruise experience on that side of it. And for us, it also could be someone who's never cruised before. Um, but has immersed themselves in the destination. So think through a comprehensive land tour, like an African safari. Um, We've seen a lot of success of going into those land tours where destination is a big driver because we know destination is a big driver for us um, and just what the clientele is looking for on that experience. So they're, they're truly got this, you know, new, new places to discover and bucket list itineraries. I think that's the biggest thing 
um, that kind of came out of these past couple of years is people were saving their bucket lists for their sunset years. And now they're saying, okay, I wanna experience those now. So putting those in front, like Antarctica, the Kimberleys, something that truly is off the beaten path and doing that now versus saving it for 10 to 15 years down the road. Um, and I think another important piece for all of us is just spending more time in the destination. We've got a, a great curation of additional overnights. Um, the river cruises, again, it's something that's that's unique to our product on, on the river side of it, because I know that uh, region and Oceana focus heavily on the ocean piece of it. Um, but on the river side of it, you're literally dropped into these city centers and a river cruise is just something where, I mean, you're walking off the ship and your steps into UNESCO World Heritage sites and you're just getting on and off and it's that constant discovery that you've got across the Danube, across the Rhine on that piece of it. Um, and I truly think it's just a new way to discover. You're trying to get the most out of every single moment. And it seems like now there's just that resurgence of truly having these enriching life experiences that I think everyone wants. And, and that's what we're, we're all really selling at that point. Great. So my next question is, does size really matter? And let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about you represent different sized ships and what's the importance of size in luxury? It, I mean, you can make an argument either way, but I'd like to hear from you guys. So uh, let's start with uh, Brenna. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, size definitely, definitely counts. And, and the three of us, you know, we have different sizes, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's great. And we're all considered, you know, that that upper luxury sector. Um, I think with size, it's not really about the size. It is about the space, right? When you're on mm -hmm. the ship. And although all of us are definitely smaller than those, you know, floating, you know, cities out there, which is, you know, mm -hmm. its own product in of itself. But uh, it's amazing how, when you look at all of our, our ships, like lined up in a port, right? So we're in mm -hmm. NASA or Rome where there's going to be a lot of ships in on a turnaround day and you see these massive ships and then you see our, our three, you know, mm -hmm. right there right. that are, you know, smaller and you think, oh, they probably don't have as much space on board, but we have twice as much space mm -hmm. as the mm -hmm. larger ships, which is ironic, but so true. And so, yes, I do think the size matters and it really depends on how intimate they want to have that setting, whether they want to have it in the lower 100s or if they want to have it in the mid or maybe just over a thousand, you know, with Oceana. So, you know, for us, we're very mid-sized or right in the middle, you know, between the two, between the three of us. Um, and, you know, it kind of gives us a little bit of both worlds a little bit. We're not quite that yacht, um, you know, feel, uh, but there's, you know, even at full capacity, I just got off of our seven seas explorer in Alaska and it was completely full, but it never felt like it. Mm -hmm. That's the key. I think for all three of our brands is it's never going to feel like you're completely full. You're always going to feel like you're at home. And then the other aspect to the space is with more space and less people, you're going to have a more uh, one-to-one -one staff to guest ratio mm -hmm. on top of that. So the service is going to go up. Everything's connected really to the size. Mm -hmm. And so then that service, you're getting that 
you know, they're never like in your face, like kind of freakishly behind your back. Like, is there anything that I can do for you? But they're always in the perfect place at the perfect time. If you're feeling lost and you're trying to find the library or you're looking for that coffee or you're like, oh, I really want that wine. They will recognize you. They'll know who you are. And they're going to go find that chateau enough to pop for you because they realize that that's what you wanted to to dine with in, you know, Prime 7 Steakhouse. So that's really the key, I think, with, you know, the size of ships, it just adds on the, all of the stuff, right? The space, the, the, the staff, all of that. Well, Brenda, you've been so sisterly to Tricia. But so, Tricia, <laughs> what, okay. what is your perception of this size mattering or not? I, I have to say I echo everything Brenna said. Uh, I will I will add that, yes, I do think size does count. And I think that's a factor that every guest should play into their decision on, on which cruise line to choose. Think about it this way. Every consumer's luxury is different, right? So you have three luxury cruise lines here and all of them could sail on Oceana, but we might also have completely different guests because everybody's luxury is different and it depends on what you're looking for at that time. You might have a multi-generational group that wants to sail and maybe they're going to sail on Oceana on our larger ships because there's a little bit more to do for, um, you know, younger age children. Uh, and then you might also have the, 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 the parents that want to sail on their own and they're celebrating an anniversary or the grandparents are selling, they want to have a really great adventure. So there's lots of different options in, in the luxury segment, but uh, I, I truly echo what, what Brenna said about having the, the difference in size. Right. But now Elizabeth, we know, I mean, you have ocean, you have river and rivers usually smaller. So I'd like to hear your answer about size and luxury. Yeah, and I, I agree with both of these ladies. I think that um, luxury is what everyone, it's the latest buzzword, right? And I think the mainstream lines, they do have luxury products, which are their top tier products that are catered to specific individuals and needs behind that. Um, but I think that what we're able to do collectively um, within this panel is really have a more curated and intimate experience. It just, it's the staff to guest ratio side of it where just by nature, it's gonna be more personalized. It's gonna be more curated. It's going to be that love for the staff that everyone within the cruise industry goes back for, but it truly is on that one-to-one -one level and sometimes higher than that one-to-one -one level behind it. Um, I think it, there's also just a great point within the destination. I mean, the second that anyone gets off of one of our ships or, or one of um, these ladies' ships, you just, you do see it visually, the difference behind it, but also just the ease of getting into the destination. You are right on top of your excursion time, right on top of your time to discovery. So I think it's just, it's that added ease that goes into the luxury piece of it, which you truly do want less of the hustle and bustle, um, less on that, you know, big ship feel to it. And again, it, it's all on a matter of like what the clientele wants on that piece of it. But I think that you're truly able to go above and beyond expectations. And we even flex, you know, the size of our ships for say Scenic Eclipse 2 when she does Discovery and Scenic Eclipse 1, that we add more of our Discovery team on there. So this is our expedition team on there. So that's when you're going to Antarctica, we actually only go to 200 capacity on that piece of it. And you've got destination experts that are on board where you're in the water on our Zodiacs in a matter of minutes versus it being hours taken down on that piece of it. 
So I think there's just that flexibility too of how you can kind of level up your personalized service that I think all three of us can can really answer to um, versus like a, a, a bigger line and, and someone who has higher capacity on that side. All right. Well, let's 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 move on to talking about a topic that we could basically do an hour just on that culinary. You guys serve great food, all of you. And so how important is culinary to luxury? So let's talk about the F&B options that you offer. And uh, let's start with Trisha. Yeah, so uh, culinary is the hallmark of Oceana. We've, you know, I feel like we, when we started back in 2003, and I happened to be a sales director at the time, so I remember it all. It was, we were really focused on culinary and it was different back then. And now we, there's so much competition, but it's great to have healthy competition throughout the entire industry. And I think that level that the mm-hmm. consumers are looking at, they, they, they don't want to compromise on the type of cuisine that they know they can get at home or when they travel to other destinations. And so the, the options that we have you know, our grand dining room, which features intercontinental cuisine is absolutely fabulous. It's open seating. So there's no reservations required. There's no two seatings. If you're ready to dine at seven, great. Come on in. If you're ready to dine a little bit earlier, come on in. And that's, then we move into the specialty dining restaurants where we have four of those on board our ships, two on the smaller ships. And again, a reservation is required, but there's no upcharge for it, which I have to say that again. And and I, I think we can all echo that. There's no upcharge. There's no additional fee for any of these five-star cuisine experiences. And that makes a big difference when you're planning your vacation. You don't think about it when you're putting your deposit down or paying final payment. But when you get on board the ship and you realize that you're getting that type of cuisine throughout your entire seven, 10, 180 day cruise, that's when you really notice it. And that's it's value. Kind of, yes, and you have an aha moment because you're sitting in Ember having a beautiful steak. Uh, you're, you've got your, your um, if you're in, I don't know, if you're in our red ginger, you're having our duck and watermelon salad and some wonderful sushi. If you're in our Italian restaurant, you're having osabuco or a wonderful pasta. There's just so many options to choose from. And I mean, and then with our Vista, we've also enhanced it with our Aquamar Culinary Kitchen. And that's got a very, um, in my opinion, a very West Coast feel. I love it. It's light cuisine throughout. If you want to get a poke bowl, you can do that. Um, Smoothies, non-alcoholic items as well. If somebody wants to have a a glass of wine all throughout the cruise. So again, and I know we can all do this, but we take it to the next level as we continue to evolve all of our cruise lines. That's great. Um, Elizabeth, so uh, tell us about the F&B and how is it different and how, how does it serve luxury? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think what we try to do is really constantly look to elevate the the guest experience from a from a culinary perspective, and we really do that um, with our executive chef, um, who is also a top chef all star, um, Tom Gautier, 
and having these dedicated culinary series um, onboard scenic cruises and emerald cruises. So we've got one with Brian Viltaggio and one with uh, Chef Ben uh, Robinson from Below Deck. And it truly is, just as Trisha had said, going above and beyond um, and, and kind of bringing in that region um, from the destination. So we're pairing a glass of wine um, that's pulled in from the region, a local vineyard on that side of it, and really pairing it into every single plate that we're doing within that. So it, it really is more on the cultural experience behind it. And again, I think that that is on the luxury piece of it. And what we're able to do with the ship size, all three of us is really bearing in the destination where it truly feels immersive. It just doesn't feel like a one and done or a preset menu. Um, I think all of us also have a variety of culinary offerings on board, which just helps to have someone who wants to just go more of a traditional um, dining experience or someone who really is looking to expand their palate. Um, it's just always something great and, you know, great feedback that we hear from guests on board the ship of I've never tried Indian cuisine like this before, or I've never tried something you know, like this um, uh, curated menu that they've got from Lumiere on that piece of it. So I think it's, it's just also stretching um, the guest experience on that side and having them to, to have these variety of options that truly takes them on like a culinary journey. Do you have a, uh, some specialty restaurants you want to give a shout out to? You know, I think for us, it's our, our culinary chef's table um, that, again, does a different vibe every single night from Asia to India uh, to more that just allows a different style of palate on that piece of it. Then you've also got La Cucina on Emerald Chips, which, again, takes into effect of where we are within the destination and around the world. So it truly does give a taste of everything for everyone, and it brings in more of that immersive experience um, into our culinary offerings. Very good. Uh, Brenna, F&B, luxury, uh, how does a region handle that? I mean... I have to say I'm very, uh, we're very blessed that we are sisters with Oceana because they are known for their culinary and have been for since the beginning of time. Um, and so it's it's so great to kind of converse with them and, and kind of get feedback and, and elevate, you know, to showcase our, our culinary programs, um, which, you know, you know, it's just good to have that elevated uh, relationship with them. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We have incredible um, Epicurean collections on board. And then also a big thing that we're trying to do this year is to highlight not only that on the ship, but also, you know, to Elizabeth's point of immersing in the destination and uh, showcasing these Epicurean tours. Um, and then also little events throughout the cruise, you know, uh, in the even in the morning, in the afternoon, you know, just doing little tastings, little caviar tastings, caviar breakfast, um, highlighting the culture of the destination that we're in with little tastings, um, doing, you know, wine tastings, because we have so many different kinds of wines on board and a lot of people don't realize what those wines are. So we'll do tastings in the middle of the cruise to kind of showcase some of those wines and they're completely included. Uh, we have some wines that are also not included if they want to kind of, you know, elevate that experience, but for the most part, everything's included. So we try and, and bring that F and B experience throughout the cruise. And even on the tours, you know, even, you know, hanging out with the locals and, and having it chef led and our Explorer class ships have, 
a culinary arts kitchen with 18 stainless steel cooktop stations and being able to have that experience. It is for an additional cost, but not that much. It's $89 per person. But then we have tours where you can, it's chef led, you can go out into the port of call and, and, and do, you know, all sorts of uh, experiences, historical, cultural and bring some of that food all back on the ship and do a full cooking class as well. So we do try and immerse um, our clients in the destination, like Elizabeth was mentioning. And then as far as our uh, different kinds of, of restaurants that we have on board, we have up to three specialty restaurants, like Trisha had mentioned, completely included in the cruise fare. Um, and that you know could be a steakhouse and seafood restaurant. We have a Pan-Asian restaurant and of course our, our French restaurant as well. And then we do have our flagship restaurant, completely open dining, but five course meals, very elevated, gorgeous food. The menu's always changing. Plus we do have some staple items that are always on there that are very popular. Plus we bring in some, some, uh, some items from the specialty restaurants in case that is something that you'd like to have more of uh, if you didn't get your taste when you were at the specialty restaurants. And then we do have an Italian restaurant that is also open dining. Uh, again, five course meal, um, and it, it lays on the pool deck and off the aft of the ship. So I always encourage people to have one night where you go to the back of the ship and have a beautiful meal as the sun is setting and you're leaving port. Um, and it's completely open dining. Um, and there's obviously no charge for that as well. And then our 24 hour room service, which I cannot speak enough about because it's just so great to have, you know, eggs Benedict on your balcony in the morning. Um, as many times as you want. And then also, not only is it 24-hour room service, but in the evening, if you've just had your full share of, of shore excursions and you're exhausted and you don't want to you know, do the two-hour getting ready for dinner, you can have your dinner course by course given to you in your suite you know, for that one night that you want to relax, you know, or as many nights as you want, really. So that's it's just like an elevated experience you know, that I think all three of us provide is just like you know because it's luxury because we because of our size because of our staff to guest ratio we're able to provide these unique experiences for our guests on the culinary side well, do you do you uh trisha and elizabeth do you want to talk about room service because it sounded so good <laughs> i mean you both have it we both have it um and it's a very very similar experience for um, our guests that they can be served course by course. If they're in a, a concierge level or above, they can be served course by course. So I, I don't know, Elizabeth, do you want to add to it? Yeah, I, I think to to Trisha and Brenna's point, the, the the room service option is whether they're on their private balcony or in, in their suite behind it, um, having their personalized butler present their course by course meal is always an option. Um, if they want more of an intimate experience and it's something that they can select from from various restaurants uh, on board the ship. Because that's luxury. <laughs> <laughs> now, so here's, a, this is what I, I find, you know, when you go on a cruise, we've gotten to the point where we almost, we almost know the food's going to be good. And so now how important is destination? Uh, you know, so I'm going to get fed well, but when I choose my trip, how important is destination and what are some of the more exotic destinations that you guys go to? Let's start with Elizabeth. Yeah, so I think for um, the scenic vessels, we've got the opportunity where we really do have expedition capabilities. 
Um, so that means that we can go to more of these remote destinations. Like we can go to the Ross Sea Antarctica, um, to Australia's stunning, stunningly beautiful Kimberley landscapes, which is truly, you know, end of the end of the world style discovery on that piece of it. Um, we also do offer um, on both ships from an ocean perspective, this immersive experience on the discovery side where you've got a marina that can literally be done at the, the aft of the ship um, where you're going into the water or we've got um, you know our zodiacs which are just lowered at such a quick time to where the guest is immediately going into the experience and there's water sport activities uh, that they can engage on. So I think destination is really important. And with the size of the ships, we're able to go to these remote destinations and truly have these bucket list moments. And even for, for us to, um, it's the ports of call. We don't really talk about ports of call because we, we go to destinations. Uh, we're able to really tender and bring guests into that destination without it having to be, um, you know, like a set port on that side of it. So it really is this curated experience. I think for Emerald, um, we also are just looking at longer itineraries. We've heard a lot of feedback from a guest perspective of going more into nine and 12 nights and continuing those overnights, um, especially when it goes onto the Amalfi Coast and you're going into you know these, these picturesque cliffside Mediterranean towns behind it. Um, so destination is really an important piece for us um, and everywhere we go. And we're constantly looking at where we can where we can rediscover a destination like the Caribbean example. Um, you can match us up to a mainstream cruise line and we just don't have the same destinations that we go to um, because we're able to, again, go to hidden gems um, and, and truly create this new discovery in a destination that you might have been to a handful of times. So I think that that's also another really great aspect that we're able to offer. Well, and, and indeed, you're, you're the adventure traveler and expedition yeah. mm -hmm. that you specialize in, a little less so the other two cruise lines. But um, so, so Brenna, for destinations, what do you, tell us what's, what's exotic now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we definitely, although we can't set foot on Antarctica, uh, we do have a couple of cruises that do uh, pass by. So it is in the region. They can still kind of check it off their bucket list. But yeah, we don't have the expedition equipment, uh, unfortunately, to do that. But, it, you know, some people, you know, don't don't need to do that. Um, but on the other end, yes, exotic locations all over the place. Right. We do South America, uh, uh, South Africa. Asia, um, with our newest launch that just happened on June 21st, you know, we're, we're staying overnight in a lot more different places and we keep adding that to that number. So we just added 129 overnights to our, to our launch, this most recent one. And I know I've sailed, uh, on a cruise that overnight in Istanbul and just having that extra time and nightlife and you can you can step off and even dine in the city and just hang out with the locals is just priceless you know so we've noticed we've heard feedback from our guests and from our travel partners that you know we want to immerse ourselves even more in these exotic locations so let's overnight as much as we can um, and then adding more ports of call as well so we have 29 new ports of call as well and five of them in madagascar 
Uh, you know, so we're trying to elevate our itineraries to kind of go into these unique places that either we haven't been before or we haven't been in a very long time. Um, but new uh, new ports of call in Sweden, five new ports of call in Norway, Japan, Australia. Um, we're really just trying to kind of bring all sorts of different destinations and cultures uh, to the plethora of itineraries that we already um, offer. And, and Trisha, Oceana, you, you go all over. I went to the Baltics with you guys. Um, how important is the destination? And so what are some of your uh, you know, more exotic ones? Well, whether you're upper premium or luxury, destination is a hot topic for everyone. Again, when you go back to thinking about what the consumer is looking for and what's going to make them decide when to take a cruise and where to go, the first thing they think about is where they're going to go and what destination. And then they look at what cruise lines will sail there, right? At least that's what I would do. I don't know if everybody does that. Maybe some people do choose a specific cruise line, but in general, you know, some, some consumers want to look at a particular destination. And so destination is a big factor in every experience. Uh, shore excursions is a big component now, and everyone has to up their game, including Oceana Cruises, which we 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 have, and and we're really looking at, as as Brenna said earlier, and Elizabeth, the experience, experiential is a very key word right now. Uh, I, I guess I mean with all the social media aspects out there, someone wants to be able to say, look what I did. And we want to be able to provide that for them as well. So we have our culinary discovery tours. We have our go local um, tours where a guest can um, go visit a truffle farm or go um, have a cooking class in a particular restaurant or go sheep shearing in New Zealand. <laughs> I had to say that three times one time. <laughs> you got to be careful. Exactly. <laughs> so there's so many different options. And yet we have voyages from seven days to 180 days. What's not exotic about 180 days on board a cruise sailing, um, you know, from the U.S. east to a west itinerary and visiting so many different places? I mean, th that's a bucket list cruise. And it sounds really long because it is but it's a wonderful experience. And we have such a repeat um, group of clients and then we bring new ones on. And, and I will tell you as travel advisors out there, don't assume that someone who's taking a seven day cruise won't take a 180 day cruise because you have to offer it to them. Uh, maybe they're thinking about it and they're just ex hoping that you might actually get them to that next level to actually put the money down and go for it, right? Uh, if we've learned anything, we know, it, you know, time is, is precious and uh, this is the time to do things. So as far as any exotic voyages, when we visit all seven continents, we can't get off in Antarctica, but we do have our voyages there as well. And, and um, I think we offer some really great experiences for all of our guests. I'm trying to imagine, uh, and every you all give long longer cruises, as, as Elizabeth was saying, longer is, is, is what's happening. But I'm trying to imagine a 180-day cruise. And you know how when in the beginning you're, you're in it and you go, oh, good, we got plenty of crews ahead of us. 
And then suddenly it starts going faster and faster. And it's like, oh, the cruise. So around the uh, 90 days, do you go, oh, we're half done. And then at 120, oh, no, it's going to, it's almost <laughs> over. What are we going to, I'm just trying to imagine the mindset. Anyway, enough of that diversion. I so, can't even imagine it. I know. Yeah. So um, let's talk, let's do some final thoughts about, um, you know, our travel advisors are interested in selling luxury. Uh, give them your final thoughts on what they should be thinking about and how sh they should go about it. Uh, let's start with Elizabeth. You know, I think um, for, for Scenic Group, uh, you know, Scenic Cruises and Emerald Cruises has been around for a, a very long time, uh, but new to the USA market. So we want to really make sure that our trusted travel advisors know that we are a um, very supportive brand. Um, for our travel advisors and put them first from, from an overall company perspective um, and how we see the value being driven by their book of business. We've created a gold standard of that promise to deliver it to our travel advisors with our partners in travel program. Uh, this truly focuses on you know, our full support and dedication from our sales and marketing team uh, to making sure that they have materials, education, videos to really promote and understand what the uniqueness is of our products. Um, so I think that that's really helpful for us to have them ramp up as we're entering into this USA market. Um, and I think for us, it's, it's also that it's a great time to book right now. I think all of us have really compelling offers on that piece of it. Um, we all have opportunities for 2023 close in business. This has been the one year that I'd say that we're seeing that there still is the need um, on the consumer side and the client side to really still want to travel for this year. And there might be some opportunities with that. And I think all of us have a really good opportunity on those destinations that they could go to in 2023. And of course, we're all looking to push into that 2024, 2025 season and beyond on that piece of it that, you know, is just building a strong base. Um, and lastly, for us, groups is just such a big um, part of our business. Um, from an offerings perspective, it only takes five, five suites to qualify for a group. And it starts to, those numbers start to add up pretty quickly. Um, so we see that expanding on, on that piece of it. But we've got a, a lot of, from our two for one fares, which is your best available rate that you're going to get out there, uh, to our epic summer group sale you're really just seeing that now you can really book on, on both sides 2023 or further out business. Um, and there's something for everyone from a clientele perspective. Okay. Uh, Trisha, talk to us about what travel advisors should be thinking about sales, sales and luxury. How do you sell luxury the Oceana style? So I think with selling luxury or selling luxury, the Oceana style, everything we've talked about in the last, um, you know, in, in this segment is, is rewind. Really yeah. Focus on. yeah, just rewind it all and keep listening to us. <laughs> That's <what we're> <laughs> <laughs> all three of us just keep listening. <laughs> but in regards to, to Oceana and, and some of the things you need to know, I would say reach out to your salesperson reach out to your directors of sales, your business development manager, um, our sales development specialists are in, in the office and available to help out as well. I think that's such a huge component. I see right now that 
there's there's a lot of administrative um, challenges that that are coming up, and it's it's up to our travel advisors and our sales team to really work together and 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 form a connection. Um, right now, you know, with so many of our advisors working remotely uh, or, you know, just not in an office, it's it's become one of those, uh, it's not a challenge, it's, well, it's a challenge because we like a good challenge, right? But how do we reach everyone? And this is such a great outlet that, that we're being a part of um, today, and we're excited for that. But as far as, let me go back, I keep digressing, Oceana is... Uh, reach out to your sales team. Uh, we have a, a a new leadership team as well with Frank Del Rio at the helm, and that's been very beneficial for us. And excited because it shows that we are we. we I mean, we're still that family uh, family brand that started back in two thousand and three, and it's really exciting. And we're excited about some new things that are coming up. Elizabeth, you mentioned twenty twenty three, and I echo it a hundred percent. There is, there's, it's not that there's a lot of availability. It's that there's still some availability and it's, it's interesting because we are seeing that close in business and especially for Oceana, we would have been completely done with 2023, but we're still seeing the business coming in and Mm -hmm. it's exciting. But again, staying focused on 24 and 25, there's some really great opportunity. So focus on some Q4 voyages. We've got some exotics. We've got some Caribbean voyages. We've got Vista in the Caribbean in 2024. So, you know, keep an eye on that as well. All right. And Brenna, can you wrap up and tell how travel advisors should really target and sell a region style luxury? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and again, I kind of go back to what I said before is really really listen to your clients and what their passions are and, you know, have them take a look at, you know, what are they spending their money on during their vacations? Because the the value is there for, for moving into luxury and they're worth it. And so are you. So <laughs> I, um, I think that, you know, I think all of us are very passionate about our brands. We've all been on our brands. We all know how incredible our brands are. We've talked about it in the segment so much. Um, so then showcasing it to your clients is key. So to what Elizabeth said, make sure that you're going into our websites and you're, you're getting those tools. You're reaching out to your sales team, as Tricia said, um, you know, we too have, you know, our, our directors in the field, we have our business development managers, we have our inside sales team, we have our strategic director team. Um, we're here, you know, if you are unfamiliar with, um, who your person is, who your salesperson is feel free to reach out to, to our sales team. Um, you know, our email address uh, on the inside is RSSC sales associates at rssc.com. Um, our phone number is 866-720-4111. Um, reach out to us, you know, let us introduce you to that person. We would love to talk to you about, um, how you can kind of showcase region to those clients that are, you know, ready to take that next step or that you think are ready to take that next step because of the, passions that they have and the the groups that they belong to. And they do think that fine dining and wine collecting is our hobbies. Um, and, and yeah, I think that that's, that's very important. Um, and then you yourself, right. Um, we now have 23 voyages in 2023 and Q1 of 24 that are ready for immediate confirmation for you to join and, and try region for the first time 
or come back and because you know how amazing it is, Mm -hmm. come back and rejuvenate that, that feeling, because I truly think that's what, what's going to help sell it for you too, because, you know, all of us, we're going to be selling it till we're blue in the face, but until your clients and, or you get on the ship and have that connection with our staff and that space on board and the culinary aspect and immersing themselves in the destination, nothing speaks volumes until you get on the ship. Um, Brenna, you said you, you, the next thing I wanted to do was talk about contact information. You gave some, did you give the website? I, I, did you? No, no, I didn't. Our, our website is www.rssc.com. Pretty simple. And that's our, that's our website for you and your clients. And then if you scroll all the way to the bottom, uh, the travel partner center is right there where you can click and create a login or login. All right. I want to do that also. Tricia, what kind of contact information can we give out? Yes, so our website is um, www.oceanacruises.com and that's O-C-E-A-N-I-A (laughs) cruises.com. And again, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, very similar, we'll see a travel advisor login and that will allow them to log in and see their dashboard with all their bookings and everything else. And Elizabeth, how can travel advisors contact you guys? Um, so they can they can contact us on scenicusa.com. We've got um, a selection for agent portal and they'll see the full scenic um, scenic sales team. It will be regional sales team. We've got our full contact information and then they can also send an email to our sales support, which is sales.support at scenicusa.com. And then similarly, um, they can find us on our website at emeraldcruises.com. Again, under the same agent portal side of it. And they can send us an email at sales.support at emeraldcruises.com as well. But they can just stop this video and they can go right to your booths. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's all for For later. But right now, go see them today, right? (laughs) All right. Well, that's right. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. You guys are great together. Uh, I hope the travel advisors have learned something and I hope they, that you get a lot of contacts. So uh, thanks again. And this is Alan Fine for Virtual Roadshows and Insider Travel Report. Mm-hmm.